When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. If you look for it, every day has cause for celebration. Celebrate a friend for their promotion baby wedding life thing. Celebrate yourself for keeping the couch warm. It's no easy feat, especially if it's a big couch. Or maybe you just want to celebrate living in 2023 where you can get beer, wine, and spirits delivered from Drizzly in under 60 minutes without leaving said couch. So download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y dot com and get your favorite drinks delivered today. Bringing it back around one more time. You got to know what's going on in the world around you. And if you're going to rely on anybody to bring you the most important news in the entire world, you can count on us. We are the Decibel Geek Podcast. My name is Aaron Camaro, joined as always by my main dude right here, Chris Sinzak. And today we're bringing you the noise, the new noise. How you doing, man? Good. Did you notice, I don't know if you have other people talk to you about the, the episodes we do. I noticed that new noise was probably a bad idea for the news segment because I get people sending me new bands and they're like, hey, you should play this on new noise. And I'm like, no, that's fresh blood. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. new noise sounds like a, a music show. Maybe huh. we should change that in the future. I don't know. Maybe we should. Some, help us find a better name for a rock news show. And we might just pick yours, and that's what we'll call it from now on. Yeah, new noise is kind of confusing. Because, like, radio stations would use that maybe if they ever wanted to play new music, or they probably used to. (laughs) You're listening to this radio station. This is the new noise right here, the new stuff, you know. We got fresh blood. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe we should do that in the future. But, no, we've got plenty of stories to cover this week. You ready to get into it? I think so. I feel like I had a correction to make from last week, but I can't remember what it was. Maybe it'll come to me before the end. All right. Stay tuned for late breaking news with a correction. (laughs) Um, Well, this is very topical because the Dio Dreamers Never Die documentary has been screened in theaters this weekend, actually. Uh So, um, but there was, you know, a lot of people are wondering, like, why is Vivian Campbell not interviewed for this thing? (laughs) uh, Well, gee, I wonder. But, you know, it was, uh, you know, D- Vivian did not have a good breakup with Ronnie. So, no. it, and for many years, those two sparred in the press about it. And Vivian also would drag Wendy into the whole thing. So it's, uh, you know, I think the most famous quote was Vivian saying that when Wendy got into, when Wendy was in the picture, Ronnie, she, she talked Ronnie into making it more about him and less of a band. 
And that was, I'm sure that did not go over well with Wendy. So I don't know. I mean, it, it, it made, I, I never expected Vivian to be interviewed for this thing because there was a lot of harsh feelings there. That's probably true though. Right. Don't you think? It probably probably is same way Sharon was with Ozzy all them years where she was his manager and so she obviously it was all about Ozzy and would screw anybody on songwriting or anything to always make sure that it's about Ozzy it's not about the guys in the band they're interchangeable it's got to be Ozzy that's the money yeah probably the same deal yeah and they might have used Ozzy and Sharon as a template because I mean it was obviously working for them. Totally. So why wouldn't why wouldn't they copy that template? You know, and he said that she didn't see Dio as a creative unit. Ron, you know, he says Ronnie knew better, but I suspect that in an effort to win back Wendy's love because they had split up before this, but she stayed on as his manager. That he was willing to bend to her whims, uh, but I don't know. I mean, it's also one of those things where Ronnie James Dio was an alpha. And I also think Vivian Campbell is an alpha and you put two alphas in a band together. It's very hard to make it work. So I, I think that was probably a big thing. I never expected Vivian to be a part of this documentary because Wendy's the person behind it. So it, it wasn't shocking to me that he wasn't involved. Obviously he's a huge part of the Dio story because he played on those classic records, but wasn't a shock to me. I still want to see the movie. It's I'm assuming it'll be streaming pretty soon since it's in theaters right now. But uh, I'm excited to see it. I've I've seen some amazing reviews. Even Tony Iommi was at the uh, the premiere of it this weekend and, nice. and had rave reviews of it. So I'm excited to see it. It sounds awesome. Totally does. Now you talk about Vivian Campbell and Ronnie James Dio both being alphas. Was Vinnie Vincent an alpha? <laughs> yeah. He was the alpha of the alphas. Yeah, okay. I was just curious how that worked because he doesn't seem very powerful, but yet you throw him in there with Kiss, and obviously Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons are alphas and all that conflict in there. Yeah. So I was just curious how that ranked with That's what made me think of who's an alpha. Yeah. Like we could do a show about that, like the biggest alphas in rock. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's several. But, uh, but yeah, like Vinny was... I think I saw an interview recently with Bruce Kulick talking about Vinny, and he was like, because Bruce was kind of around the band at that time because Bob was helping through the uh, Killers and Creatures of the Night sessions. Yeah. So he would bring Bruce down to the stage. And Bruce actually did audition for Kiss at that time. So, um, But, you know, he even said Vinny wanted to make Kiss his band. Yeah. And, like, you can't do that. No. I mean, especially, <laughs> especially after what they just went through with Peter and then Ace. Yeah. So it, it's not like Gene and Paul were going to relinquish control to somebody else off the street. It wasn't going to happen. So it's just. I suppose yeah. after the whole thing with Ace Frehley costing them so much money, they probably looked at each other and said, nobody else ever controls anything but us from here on out. We don't rely on nobody to make our way yep. Well, and I think that's why uh, Eric Carr got short shrift on getting a vocal, you know, through all those years. Because yeah. that was the whole thing was we're a four-wheel drive machine back through the 70s. Everybody's going to sing a song and all that. And then Eric Carr got, kind of got screwed in the process because they got so overprotective of the, the band yeah. and who was in control. But anyway. It's wild, man. Wild stuff. Record time, we direct things to Kiss. Mm -hmm. But anyway. <laughs> so... Uh, some Judas Priest news. Richie Faulkner spoke to 96.1 KLPX radio station about the set list for the upcoming fall U.S. tour that Judas Priest is about to do. 
Uh, and he said, well, I can say it's around the 40th anniversary of Screaming for Vengeance. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, I'm sure the internet will say it's not the right month yet or the right week or I'm a week later or whatever. But yeah, so we're going to hit some moments from that record as like a tip of the cap to the Screaming for Vengeance album. So I, I wonder what that's going to be, but he says they will reference that album in a few places. So I wonder what songs are going to wind up getting put on on the set list from that album. Well, they're all pretty good, and you'd be excited yeah. to hear just about anything off of it. Yeah, they did do uh, Take These Chains the last time I saw them. That was great. That's nice. I always like it when you see a band and they bust out a surprise. Mm-hmm. Like even spin it back to Kiss one more time, that last time we went and seen them in Nashville. How cool would it have been if they'd have busted out something weird out of nowhere? People would still talk about about that. But, you know, it's cool when bands like that can do it. Priest does it. We will go and see Alice Cooper, and he plays the song Pain. And it's like, what? I can't believe it. This song is so great. And I never would have guessed he'd have been playing it live that night. And that's what stands out to me about that show all those years ago was that he played the song I didn't expect him to play, and it was freaking awesome, and I'll never forget it. That's great when bands yeah. are able to do that, you know, and give people those memories. Yeah, Pain is one of the best songs in his whole yeah. catalog, in my opinion. I yeah, never I would have expected song. to hear that song that night. And when he started it out, as soon as them first riffs hit, I was like, no freaking way. <laughs> that was a great yeah. night. That was a lot of fun. So to take things back to Ronnie James Dio, um, Tony Iommi was among the attendees at the premiere, like I mentioned, and he uh, spoke to Metal Talk on the red carpet and said about his late Sabbath and Heaven and Hell bandmate, it was real sad because we were really on a roll when we'd done the debut Heaven and Hell album, The Devil You Know, when we were touring and really enjoying it. And I remember talking to Ronnie when we were in Japan. We went for dinner one night. We said, look, we're not going to say we're going to go for five years or whatever. We'll just try it and see where it goes. So we'd done the tour, we loved it, we enjoyed it, and then we were in this restaurant, and I said to Ronnie, do you fancy doing anything more? And he said, oh yeah, we've got to do another album, let's do another album and another tour, and that was the plan, that's what we were going to do, and of course Ronnie didn't make it, but it was going so well, we had a great time being together, we loved working together, I loved working with Ronnie. So, you know, if Ronnie had lived and, and you know, pulled through his health issues, they were there was going to be a second Heaven and Hell album. And those Heaven and Hell albums, those songs that they came up with when they came back together, I think it was like the original thing was like Black Sabbath, Best of the Dio Years. And on that was a couple of extra tracks of new stuff they had recorded together. And one of the songs on there was one called The Devil Cried. And it's an unbelievably awesome song. And when I heard that, I was like, holy shit, man, I hope they do more. And then they came out with that album, and man, so good. I wish that they would have come out with another one. I'd have loved to have yeah. one more because that stuff was great. Sometimes a band will come back together after all them years and get back together and you just can't recapture the magic. But those guys, mm, they had it all along. Well, and I thought Heaven and Hell recaptured it better than Sabbath did doing the 13 record. Way I, I better. I yeah, even Ozzy's been slagging that record a lot in the press lately, saying how it, he didn't feel like it was really a Sabbath record. I mean, it didn't have Bill Ward on right. it. How do you call how do you call that a Sabbath record? Yeah, no, I'll definitely unless it's got Vinny, you know. But I mean, Vinny's great. Don't get me wrong, but I just the Heaven and Hell stuff I thought was way more cohesive and sounded like a real band. Yeah, for sure. I'll take the stuff I was doing with later years Sabbath over the stuff that Ozzy did 
trying to recapture that stuff and just couldn't match it like heaven and hell that stuff is so good if you are a fan of sabbath dio any of that and you haven't listened to heaven and hell you're missing out on something awesome i'm telling you some great stuff uh News about te- in the Tesla world, uh, our our old friend Troy Lucetta uh, kind of made an interesting statement in an interview recently. Says he doesn't know if he's ever going to play with Tesla again. You know, he was uh, he kind of announced that he was going on a break right. from the band, but uh, these comments kind of make you think it might be a little longer than that. He and uh, the it was a Tulsa Music Stream talked to him, and they asked if he's still taking a break from the band. He said, "I am. I'm. I am on a bit of a break personally. There's a lot of things going on in my, in my life." Uh, this thing that we do doesn't cater to families. So at the time that this had gone down and COVID and everything, it just really gave me some time to step back and look at things. I've been running hard with the band for 36 years, and I love the guys and I love the band. I'm a fan and always will be. I've got nothing but praise for them. They gave me a great life, and I think we all share in that. Right now I'm doing a lot of different projects. I never played in any cover band, so I went out and played in a James Taylor tribute. I went out and did some some of this with Led, a Led Zeppelin tribute. I did a Van Halen thing with these friends of mine called Completely Unchained. And then I'm in a classic rock tribute. And those are some of the things and records. I get to do a lot of records. I'm here. I like being home. And quite honestly, I just signed up. I'm doing some dates with the Guess Who right now. Wow. I've done I've done half a dozen shows and I'm having fun with the guys. I like the band. I like the guys. Good stuff. A lot of good stuff happening. So um and he had a lot of praise for Steve Brown, who is the the drummer right now for Tesla. That's Mick's brother. And um, I don't know. To, I, I get the vibe that Troy might be done ever playing in Tesla. He might just be over it. Seems like it. It seems like he's pretty comfortable with what he's doing. Instead of getting on a tour and having to be gone for three months, he can just pick and choose his gigs here and there and do it at his leisure. That way, I'm sure it's a lot more fun and a less, lot less like a job. Yeah. Well, I mean, I and you know, I've known Troy for a couple of years now, and. Even at the time he was still in the band, I think well, we went over to his studio to, and we, we got to hear Shock before it came out and we did a, you know an album's Unleashed with him. And But I even think at that time we kind of got the vibe that he wasn't 100% on board with, with continuing to do it. You know, I think he was, he was really, he got way more jazz talking about the side projects he was doing yeah. than he did talking about Tesla. And I, you know, he, he's earned some time off. So, you know, I, I wish him the best. I, Tesla is good with Steve Brown playing drums. I've seen some, plenty of video of them with them. So he's kind of like, you know, it's the best of both worlds. I get to do my thing. They still sound great. So, so be it, you know, so he might not be coming back though. But I'm sure there's a lot of hardcore Troy Lucetta fans out there going, where's our drummer? You know, every yeah. time Tesla goes out, just like any band that loses a member, that has fans you know in the fan base we love that guy you know whether it's maybe it's him kind of giving a blessing to say hey it's okay go like tesla even though i'm not there yeah absolutely but yeah i I wish troy the best we need to get back in touch with him because you know he did say he would do another albums unleashed with us so we probably need to look into into doing one of those bring him out to rock and pod I would love to have him back at Rock and Pod. He had a blast the last time. Do you want to make a Rock and Pod announcement on here? Anything? Anything you got for us? Oh, I guess I can. Right? Yeah. Since, uh We always give the Decibel Geek listeners the the news early. So uh, yeah, I confirmed yesterday that uh, Jason McMaster from Dangerous Toys will be joining us at Rock and Pod next year. That's freaking awesome. 
I love that band. Yeah, me too. And uh, just got to thank Tyson Leslie for that. Tyson's buddies with him. And also Jason's got a really cool podcast with uh, a rock journalist named Dave Glessner uh, called Talk Louder. And they've had some really good interviews. I just watched a cool one with them and Billy Sheehan recently. And uh, I was like, I've always wanted to have him as a guest. And now he's doing a podcast. This just makes too much sense for him not to be a part of things. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're excited to have him. That's awesome, man. Two guests. That's how it I'll starts. More. Oh, you got well, more already? Well, keep keep them coming then. Well, I announced Jeannie already. You oh, know, did you? Oh, yeah. Holly. Okay, so yeah. that's three. Three we're up to. I announced Rick Fox, too. Four. That's four guests yeah. we got for Rockin' Pod now. Yeah. I'm rolling, I'm rolling them out slow. I've got a few things on the back burner I'm working on. No, it's, yeah, it's, it's just, all uh, good. We got plenty of time. Yeah, Mark Weiss also. I you know yeah, I know I was counting him. I was counting okay. him. Yeah. So yeah, so yeah, we're uh, we're rolling. I I got the pre-party venue locked in. It's a great place. Uh, so yeah, we're 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 working on things. But yeah, it's coming together. A lot of podcasts have already registered. So yeah, I've right got a lot on. of people showing up already. Very yeah, cool. Be fun. Very cool. Uh, some Iron Maiden news. BMG has announced the release of a commemorative triple black vinyl album in honor of the 40th anniversary of Number of the Beast. Wow. Uh, it's going to be pretty interesting. It says, available now officially for the first time on vinyl, The it is Beast Over Hammersmith, uh, featuring the live concert from March 1982's now legendary Hammersmith Odeon London show from the Beast on the Road World Tour, recorded only days before the release of the record. And uh, so this, these are brand new songs that were getting played to a crowd for the first time. So that's kind of cool. That is pretty cool. And I like how they come right out and tell you that the bonus tracks are live tracks. Not yep. like the recent Guns N' Roses announcement of the Use Your Illusion 1 and 2 deluxe versions with 63 or whatever it is, unreleased tracks. And you go, holy shit. Because when it says unreleased tracks, what do you think? demos and actual songs that were tracked that didn't maybe make it on the album so you think 63 guns and roses songs i've never heard before take my money and you get to looking at it and go like what are these songs oh they're all unreleased live tracks of songs you've heard before yeah the price the price tag on that guns and roses set is ridiculous yeah. it's like 500 dollars or something yeah it's pretty expensive and yeah, it's nothing you haven't heard before, except for the live tracks. Right. Yeah, this Iron Maiden three LP for uh, Number of the Beast slash Beast over Hammers, but only sixty bucks. That's not a bad That's deal. That's not bad. Not bad. Yeah, at all. So I wouldn't wouldn't mind picking that up. That'd be kind of cool. Um, let's see. Uh, Enough's enough is in the news this week. They uh, announced their new album, new studio album, Finer Than Sin, and they also released the first single off of it. Oh, it's a song song called Catastrophe. Have you checked the song out? Uh, yet? This is all news to me right now. Okay. I'm getting the news. <laughs> I had no idea. Enough's enough had a new album coming out. That's amazing. What's the song called? Catastrophe. Catastrophe. Well, you know what I'll be doing as soon as we're done here. I'll be checking that out. It's uh, the album Finer Than Sin comes out November 11th on Frontiers. Uh, I've checked out the song. I'm not really blown away by it personally. Um, but then again, 
the last two records that enough enough's enough has put out the singles they that they pick are songs that i'm not crazy about and then i like the record later so yeah um maybe i'll like the record more than i like this song but yeah it, it's still cool that there's new uh, original enough's enough stuff coming out soon i still need to pick up that chips enough solo album that came out not too long ago that's actually got some really good stuff yeah, on it. i know it does the track listing is already out. It's sound check, catastrophe, steal the light, lost and out of control, intoxicated, hurricane, trampoline, temporarily disconnected, God save the queen, and reprise. Nice. And say who plays on it? Yeah, it's uh, Chip, Tori, Tony, and Daniel. Shit, it's yeah. the, the current touring band is that who's who's on this record. That's who Chip used on the last Enough's Enough album where they did the tribute to the Beatles and the Beatles members. What was the name of that? Hard Rock Night? Yeah. Yeah, Hard Rock Hard Night. Hard Rock Night. And he used the real band and it was freaking awesome. Musically was amazing. So and that's what we've always said about Enough's Enough in the modern era version of the band. Don't go out getting special studio buddies and this and that. Save that stuff for your solo albums. Enough's Enough, use the band, you know, because Enough's Enough is a band, always has been a band. So we like it when the actual band gets to play on the album. So Surely this is going to be kick ass, no doubt about it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing it. And um, to give Donnie a little love, I I saw um, our friend Joey Casada, who is you know mostly on pod, podcast Rock City, but also does a show called Top Five with Joey Casada. Uh, you know, and I just found this recently. About a year ago, he he had Donnie on his show to do like Top Five Enough's Enough songs yeah. with him and his co-host, nice. and it's. It's a long episode, but it's pretty interesting to hear. You get a lot of stories behind the the writing of several songs on that. So check that out if you get a chance. Right on. Was he a producer too? Joey? Yeah. No, but he was in a band called, uh, well, he was on a TV show called Z-Rock, and he was also in uh, ZO2, the band that opened for Kiss, and he's also been in the wrestling world. He's done a lot of stuff. I was going to say that name sounds real familiar to me. Yeah, he's he's a trip. I love him on uh, Podcast Rock City because Joe Polo will try to kind of, you know, be very in the middle and be cool. And then Joey's like, he's in the wrestling world. So, you know, like they did a whole thing on the Sam Loomis drama with the video leaks. And Joey's like, oh, I love all this stuff. This is like a wrestling promo. So, yeah, he was, he he brought a lot of levity to the whole situation. (laughs) Oh, and speaking of Sam Loomis, apparently Sam Loomis will make a reappearance uh, on Halloween with more unreleased Kiss stuff from what I've heard. I love Sam Loomis. <laughs> God bless Sam Loomis. <laughs> it's the greatest Kiss soap opera of all time. He's like uh, a Kiss superhero, you know? It's like a superhero yeah. to Kiss fans. You want to do uh, Rockstar Birthdays? Sure. Okay, let's see. Where did we leave off last time? Let's say starting off on... I got a couple of different lists here. Happy birthday on the 2nd to our friends Lee Stokes and Casey Powell. Lee Stokes, long-time nice. listener of the show, good friend of ours, Casey Powell. Got to hang out with him when we went to do the Power Slave party. Casey's a good dude. I like him. Super cool, man. Love that guy. Uh, on the 3rd, happy birthday to Tommy Lee. Do you know how old Tommy Lee is? 63. Oh, you're overestimating him. He's turning 60 this year. Oh, okay. Speaking of Enough's Enough, and our favorite current Enough's Enough player, guitar player, happy birthday to Tori, 
from Enough's Enough. Staffordian, I believe is how it's yep. pronounced. Is that pretty good? I think you got it right. Yeah, yeah. See, that's that that Wisconsin in me. Sometimes I can hit it just right. <laughs> love last names like that. And love Tori, man. Awesome guitar player. Super player. cool dude. Yep. Been nice to us every time we ever got to talk to him. Love it. This guy right here, got a birthday coming up on the 8th. Left us an awesome review just not too long ago on the Decibel Geek podcast. Metal Mike Tyler, celebrating a birthday on the 8th. Then we got uh, our old buddy, Chrissy Salem. Remember Chrissy Salem? How could I forget? That guy's amazing. He's got a birthday coming up on the 10th. David Stonich. Onich. Got a birthday on the 10th. Happy birthday, David. David's awesome. He set us up with that John Karabi interview all them years ago and sat right there with us while we did it the whole time. Yep. Love that guy. We all went drink for drink with John Karabi and lived to regret it. <laughs> I don't regret it. We lived to tell the tale. It was a great episode, but God, I was hung over the day after that interview. <laughs> it was awesome. So awesome. Let's see. On the 12th, wishing a happy birthday to our awesome friend, Christine Perry. If you've been to Rockin' Pod, you know Christine. Yeah, I just went to her birthday party last night. Yeah, it's very cool, man. She's awesome. And that's about all I got, man. Like I said, this uh, this birthday thing is kind of an evolving deal because I got to add birthdays to the list, and it's just kind of a random thing. Within like a couple of years, I'll have it down. I'll know everybody's birthday. Well, but we got to remember the people that we lost, people you got to remember this week. Back in 2017, on the second, we lost Tom Petty. Yeah. A couple of years ago now. It doesn't seem like it's been that long. Uh, if you're a fan of the cars, you want to remember Benjamin Orr. Passed away on the third in 2000. You want to go way back, one of the 27s, the 27 club members. On the fourth, Janis Joplin, back in 1970. Here's a guy that lasted quite a bit longer than her, Ginger Baker. Made it to 2019, passed away on the 6th. He shares the Death Remembrance Day from 2020. Eddie Van Halen. Mm. The anniversary comes around again. Yeah, we're almost there again. Wow. That's always going to be one of the toughest ones. That was a, yeah, that's one of those you'll never forget where you were when you heard the news thing. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, death Day on the 9th. Marilyn Manson fans remember in Gidget Gein, who passed away in 2008. On the 10th, we'll always remember this lady, Jan Kuhnemund, who passed away in 2013. A guest on the show. Yeah, one of our first big interviews. Yeah, that was in the first 100. Yep. And she was so cool, and she was so awesome. And, you know, I, I, it was a good interview, you know. And we just talked to her like a regular person, and... I think she really kind of helped guide us a little bit on how to really do a quote interview. You know, <laughs> yeah. we were we were kind of, we were kind of fumbling around trying to figure out what we were doing, but she was yeah. she was a great sport with it, and she had, yeah. we had a, we had a great time with her. Yeah, Aaron oh, gave her man. a pep talk at the end of the interview. I remember that. It was fun, man. Yeah. I really enjoyed talking to her. It made me really sad when she passed away, and like I said, that wasn't too long after. You know, a couple of years after we'd spoken to her, I'd like, I wish yeah. I could have talked to her again. She was yeah, really she was cool. Sweet. And that's what we got for coming up on uh, Death Days and 
got to remember these people because they're all legends and you don't want to let them be forgotten. Um, as far as records coming out, man, I don't know. I lost track. But here's what I found out. I went to the CD warehouse the other day and I realized, oh, the new Slipknot is out. I'm going to go ahead and pick that up because I want to, you know, I want to, sometimes I want to get into heavy music, you know, I get in the mood for some Pantera and some old Metallica and stuff like that, but I kind of want to broaden it out a little bit, uh, catching Hatebreed live with Anthrax. Yeah, they were great. I always kind of liked Hatebreed, but then after that show, I was really kind of deep dived into them a little more. As far as heavy, heavy music goes, that stuff is so good. So I wanted to check out the new Slipknot album. But while I'm walking in there, I realize, holy shit, there's a new Dead Daisies album out. I didn't even know it. What, Holy Ground? No, not Holy Ground. That was last year, back in September. They've already got a new album out. It's called Radiance. And I didn't even know this. I didn't either. I didn't know nothing about it. It's like, surprise, if you walk into a record store huh. that's still... Bring still sells new albums and new CDs. Here's a Dead Daisies album you didn't know about. I said, holy shit, you know, and I bought it. And the other one I got that I was kind of excited and pretty surprised to see was that Pat Travers has got a new album out. The old yeah. snorting whiskey guy. Mark Alden Taylor? I've always, yeah, not, not, not <laughs> the guy that actually snorts the whiskey. The guy that wrote the song that inspired the greatness. Right. Or the madness. I'm not sure which. We'll find out right. a rock and pod, maybe. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, he's got a new album out called The Art of Time Travel. And, you know, oh, cool. Pat Travers is freaking awesome. I didn't really I, yeah. know a whole lot about him until we started doing this show. And people would say, you know, do you ever listen to Pat Travers? You know, I said, no, not really. And I got a hold of one of his albums, one of the old school ones. And I was like, man, this cooks. You know, it's kind of bluesy. Oh, yeah but it's heavy and he's a decent singer and he does like cool. He'll take like old time blues songs and like make them like almost blues metal songs. It's right. badass, man. I really like that guy. And I didn't get a chance to check that out yet or the new Slipknot because the very first thing I listened to was the dead daisies and it is killer. The whole thing nice. is really good. There's a song on here called cascade that is out of this world, man. It's got a really cooking riff to it. So I don't have the future for you. I do know Ugly Kid Joe's coming out on the 21st. That's a little ways nice. down the line. Um, otherwise, yeah, we'll check back next week. I'll try to get it together a little bit better than that. That's cool. Can I share a couple things I bought recently? Yeah, please. So I went to, I did, I went to McKay last weekend. Uh, I had to go help my mom with her internet. She was having a lot of trouble with it. So I, I did the best I could. Cause I, now, you know, you realize you're getting older when your mom calls you to help with something technical and you're <laughs> just as dumbfounded as she is by it. Um, we got it figured out though. But, uh, I went to McKay and, and my God, the fucking, the vinyl pricing at McKay has gotten out of hand. Yeah. It's, it's the, the prices are insane. Like stuff I would pay $4 for is now $20. So I didn't buy any vinyl. But I've also gotten, I've kind of gotten back into DVD collecting, like, uh, you know, music DVDs. So yeah. I picked up a few things. I got Anvil, the story of Anvil. Right on. I got Kurt and Courtney, the documentary about Kurt Cobain. Oh, yeah, I've seen that. I got the Alice Cooper, Welcome to My Nightmare. Nice. 
the TV special. That's on DVD. I got that for 10 bucks. And then I got this, and I know this is not our audience, but it's if you like rock documentaries, this might be the mother of them all. I got the History of the Eagles, the three-disc set. Wild. Now, the reason I got this is it's like the most well-made music documentary of all time. Even if you're not an Eagles fan, you'll like it. And they took it off streaming. You can't find it anywhere. So I was like, 18 bucks, I'll just buy the damn thing. That's the thing about physical product. You know, you could be watching something that you love to watch all the time that's streaming on one of your favorite platforms, and then one day, it's gone, you know? Yep. If you don't have a physical product, you're reliant on other entities when you could be relying on yourself. Yep. And then the last thing I bought, three bucks, Joey Kramer hit hard his uh, autobiography, oh, the nice. drummer from Aerosmith. Yeah. So yeah, I figured and forward by Nikki Six, but I figured three bucks for Joey Kramer's biography. Why not? You know, that's pretty cool. So yeah, that's some good stuff there. Speaking of McKay's, I want to ask you about something. Have you ever heard of a band called Bang Gang? Sounds familiar. Yeah, it's uh, it's like an '80s style band. I think it came out in like '90. I found this at McKay's. It was fourteen bucks. But it deceived me because it was mixed in over with the cheap CDs. So when I saw it, I was like, I know that's something. It's something weird, rare. And I grabbed it. I pulled it out hoping it was going to be like 99 cents and it was 15 bucks. And I said, shit, I know this is something weird and rare that's going to be right in the decibel geek wheelhouse of stuff that we like. Right. So I bit the bullet and I got it. And then when I got home and I looked it up, it's selling on eBay for like 45 bucks. But wow. it's this, it's like this uh, Sunset Strip band coming out in the 90s. You know, one of those ones that were around just enough to put out an album and then kind of went away. So I'll be interested in checking that one out. How about this one? How about Bo Nasty? Do you know about Bo Nasty? <laughs> no, I've never heard of Bo Nasty. Okay. Well, this is stuff that I might be bringing up someday on a Radio Sucks radio show. Bo Nasty is oh, yeah? another one, kind of a Sunset Strip-style band coming out in the 90s. I think they only had one album. But they're actually, I listen to it. Huh. It's not bad. It's not bad. Cool. So that's what I know about that. That's your new music update. <laughs> okay. Stuff that's new to us. Let's get the, through these last few stories, and then we'll get out of here. Uh, Motley Crue, uh, Nikki Six, and Tommy Lee were one of the or two of the many people involved in the second Taylor Hawkins tribute concert that took place at the LA Forum recently. Did you see the footage of this? I did not. Well, they um, it was kind of interesting because Dave Grohl announced them as Motley Crue, and I'm like all four of them are coming out, but it wasn't, it was just Nikki and Tommy, but, um, they had Derek day singing for them. Who was, he's the singer for classless act. Okay. That was the opening band on the stadium tour and uh, managed by the same company that, that manages Motley Crue. So I I don't know if you want to take that as a sign that Vince is out or anything. I I doubt it. No, I would just take that as a thing that, you know, Motley Crue is trying to make money off of this band too, trying to help, you know, bring them up. Yeah. Bring them with. But they did, uh, they did live wire with him, which was really good. And 
the you know the kid doesn't really hit the high notes, but neither does Vince, and he actually was a little bit more fun to watch than Vince. So it was uh, it was they did live wire, and then they followed it up with Home Sweet Home, and it was it was cool to see who played guitar. Kind of interesting. Um, who did play guitar? I'll have to look. It wasn't any of them. It was somebody. Uh, oh no, I think Chris Shiflett from uh, Foo Fighters oh, okay. played guitar. That's cool. Um, and actually. He actually did a great job on the Home Sweet Home solo. He had the whole feel that Mick had and everything on it. It was pretty great. That's awesome. So that was a lot of fun. Pretty cool. And then also, um, I saw you added Sebastian Bach <laughs> on here. There was, uh, well, we, we should touch on this because there was an interesting uh, couple of Sabbath songs performed with uh, Sebastian and Geezer Butler and Lars Ulrich on drums, right? Sounded cool, man. Yeah, it sounded good. But then... Uh, Sebastian had to be Sebastian as they were walking off the stage. What the hell, man? You're at the Taylor Hawkins tribute. <laughs> Let's hear it for Taylor Hawkins. Crowd cheers. That's cool. You know, that's great. Keep walking. No, wait. Let's hear it for Dave Grohl. Okay, Dave Grohl, you know, Foo Fighters put this whole thing together. That's awesome. Let's hear it for him. So he cheers for him. And you stop and you go, wait a minute. There's one more person. <laughs> <laughs> most importantly most importantly let's hear it for me oh. Sebastian Bach what the fuck there's the thing about knowing the room and uh, he doesn't have that and no. it, it, it came off so douchey and yeah it's like, don't, don't be that guy you know I just he's an overgrown teenager I, I you know I Sebastian is an amazing performer. He did great on the songs, but he just, God, he gets in his own way all the time. And it's just like, man, yeah. you're, you're just an asshole. I'm sorry. It sucks. It sucks <laughs> to see somebody so talented and awesome just kind of blow it all the time. And you want to say, man, you know, it's the Vinnie Vincent syndrome. Well, you know, I mean, I wish we could help that guy, you know, but you yeah. don't want to. You don't get caught up in none of that. Stay far away if you can. Well, and he's not very self-aware because, like, even on Instagram, actually today, he posts a video of an old interview with Dave Grohl and Taylor Hawkins talking about Sebastian and Tommy Lee and how, like, their whole vocabulary is the word dude or fuck. And they were like, that's all they ever say is dude or fuck. You could take interviews and just have a whole compilation. They were... They're basically making fun yeah. of Tommy Lee and, and Sebastian Bach. And Sebastian reposts it and is like, dude, fuck. And it's like, they weren't complimenting you. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, I don't I, I don't get him sometimes. I was like, okay, well, I'm sure he, he, Sebastian seems like a guy that would be fun to party with for one night. But if you had to go out on tour with him in a band, no, not so much. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think he would get on your nerves after a few hours. Yeah, I'm afraid so. <laughs> or would do something to cause people to fight you all the time. You know, you'd always be breaking up fights. Like, if you were Spashbox's best friend, I imagine it's a life of not saying what's on your mind and also breaking up fights all the time or getting pulled into yeah. fights you have nothing to do with. Yeah, I don't know. Sebastian is going to, he always lives up to his reputation, it seems like. A lot of, why did you do that? Yeah. Ah. But so be it. We still have the music, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, for oh. sure. I was just listening to some Sebastian Bach the other day, the Angel Down album. Yep, I love that record. Fucking masterpiece. That That record is in league with the first two Skid Row records. I don't care what anyone says. I agree with that. 
All right, so here's the story that this one kind of set the internet on fire, and I, I think Eddie Trunk had something to do with that because he bitched about it too. But I don't, I don't disagree with him. Falling in Reverse, which it, it's funny, this is a band that my uh, teenage stepdaughter was really into in high school. Uh, they have been criticized for pulling out of this year's Will Rock Festival over their laptops going missing, <laughs> and. Um, let me read the quote. Yeah, the the singer Ronnie Radke, who also has quite a checkered past as well, uh, he did a video and he says, Will Rock, I regret to inform you that we have to cancel and we have no other option. I'm sorry. And I never make videos like this, but I feel I owe it to you guys. So we show up to rehearsal, only plan to rehearse one time because we just got off tour. We don't need to rehearse that much. Not a great thing to say. And we walk into rehearsals and our laptops are missing that we run all of our show on and stuff. And as a band in 2022, you need your laptops. It's like driving a car without an engine. It's really unfortunate. Supposedly, they are lost. Blame it on our crew, I guess. Not another another bad move. I don't know how that happened. That's never happened before. I'm pretty upset about it. They are brand new laptops, and I'll see you guys at Aftershock in Sacramento on October 2nd. Oh, man. Where do we start with this? Well, I mean, <laughs> the initial first reaction has got to be what kind of band can't play without the help of laptops? You know, that's the metal, exactly. that's the metal hard rocking thing to think and say. But then you break it down just a little bit further than that and you go, well, in 2022, to make your show as efficient as possible, you could use laptops to help you time everything out, you know, but do you really need them to the effect that if you don't have them, you can't perform? I don't know, man. That seems a little a little cheaty, a little, I guess. I don't know. Cheap? Maybe. I guess we should give him credit for being honest. True. Even even if it's to a fault. Uh the, the really I mean it's bad enough that you're admitting that you can't do your show without a fucking laptop, but it's even worse that you're putting the blame on your crew. Like uh I don't think their crew probably took too kindly to him saying that. Probably. If I'm not. in the crew, I'm like, fuck you guys. Um, but yeah, it's, it's not like a big shocker that some of these newer bands, uh, are using laptops to supplement their sound. And I get it. We're in a different age. And, and this is also Aaron and I being get off our lawn old guys, but at the same time, it's one of those things like if you don't have the goods and you can't do it without a laptop, what are you doing up there? Right. I mean, it, it, there used to be a time when you would get mocked mercilessly for this type of stuff, but now it's, it's just the status quo. You use laptops, you supplement your sound with all, and not that, I mean, hell, you know, our, our late dear departed friend, Gary Corbett used to support kiss with, you know, supplemental background vocals. And so it's been going on for a long time, but I don't think kiss would have canceled a show if Gary couldn't show up. Yeah, man, Millie and Vanilli are rolling in their graves. Yeah, I know. God, boy, did those guys get the raw end of the yeah. deal, didn't they? I mean, <laughs> If only they'd have known, they'd have said, no, you can't take our Grammys away because in just a few years, none of this is going to matter. Everybody's going to be lip syncing. Everybody's going to rely on technology to do everything for them. What we're doing is perfectly fine in just like 10 years. <coughs> like it's, it goes back to that old saying, just because you can doesn't mean you should. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's the truth. 
like, yeah, there's technology out there that'll help you and carry right. you along. But at the same time, you know, didn't you start playing music because you wanted to play music? Yeah. Or I don't know. I forget who was telling me. One of these old rockers was telling me, uh, I think at Rockin' Pot was telling a story about how these young guys are talking about their, their new album and this and that, and they're playing it. It sounds pretty cool. And he's like, that's really cool, guys. When are you going to go play it live? And they were like, what? No, we <laughs> yeah, just created do this in our bedroom, you know, where we don't go play it live. You know, they just take parts of guitars and piece it all together. You can make a perfect song with no mistakes. Sure. Hey, guys, when are you going to go play it live? What? <laughs> no way, man. Yeah. Not happening. I don't I don't understand the times we're living yeah. in, and maybe it's just our age. I don't know. But, uh. Uh, Wednesday 13 in the news, uh, he blasts AC Slade in a, the murder dolls dispute. Uh, so AC Slade, uh, I guess is putting out, uh, or he wants to celebrate the 20th anniversary of the beyond the Valley of the murder dolls album. And he was going to do a a live stream event and, uh, I think sell merch and stuff. And Wednesday 13 is pretty pissed off about it apparently well i mean there's two things in this story and i've been kind of keeping up with this a little bit because i'm a huge wednesday 13 fan and i'm a big fan of the murder dolls and that was my introduction to wednesday 13 was the murder dolls way back in the day and you know the murder dolls were created by joey jordison from slipknot right brought on wednesday 13 and the two of them basically were the murder dolls and so they got these other guys, got AC Slade, and I, man, I just off the top of my head, I can't remember the name of the other guy, but he's kind of involved in this too with AC Slade that they were going to put that album out, uh, Beyond the Valley of the Murder Dolls. But it was, it was Wednesday 13 and Joey Jordison's band, mostly. And so they go out on tour, they take these guys with, they're basically tour guys, but they're, you know, parts of the band. Years later, I guess... Murder Dolls is long gone. Joey's gone back to Slipknot. We'd end up losing him not too long after that. Uh, Murder Dolls put out two albums. I think the second one, it was just Joey and Wednesday 13. Like, those were the only two guys credited on it. And he forgets about it, I guess. You know, doesn't realize that Murder Dolls still has value and lets the trademark slip i guess from what i understand and when he does that ac slade sees it or happens to be looking at that same time hey i wonder if that murder dolls is is available if anybody's kept up on that oh it is available i'll take it so while technically it's not cool because I mean, it should be a thing where they're all getting together to honor Joey Jordison and the anniversary of that kick-ass album, which I love, would be the ideal thing for it to be, but it's not going to be that because Wednesday 13's not going to have anything to do with it. He thinks it sucks that they're selling Murder Dolls merchandise when, on the other hand, legally, they have the right to do it. I mean, AC can do it. At the but I also see Wednesday's point on this thing because like it was pretty much Joey and Wednesday that did the record. Right. Trip Eisen. That's right. That's the guy I was thinking of. He plays a little bit on it, but it, not even that much. Um, like he plays solos on some of the song, not even all of the songs. And then AC was part of the touring lineup. Yeah. So 
it's technically he wasn't really a member of the band when the album got recorded. So, I mean, to me, it, it's, I don't have a problem with AC Slade trying to make it buck, but it screams of him just trying to make a buck off of something that he was kind of involved in just on the touring side. So it'd kind of be like and, if for some crazy reason, Kiss let the trademark slip on hotter than hell. Vinnie Vincent notices it, buys the trademark, and then is having a Vinnie Vincent celebration of the whatever anniversary of Hotter Than Hell. Right? Yeah, it'd be kind of weird. Kind of weird. But (laughs) if he was the only one that saw the value in the Murder Doll's name and brand and was able to get it, you can't really fault him for that. That's pretty slick. And if nobody else is doing anything to remember that great album and that great band, it's cool for the fans to be able to go to something like that. Because if you're a hardcore Murder Dolls fan, you're probably going to want to go to that. You know, because those guys, even though their contributions were pretty minimal, in the pictures and the magazines and all that, it was all of them. So when you look at the Murder Dolls back then, it wasn't even pitched as this is a two-man project. Even in the album, it looked like it was a band. Right. So, yeah, I mean, well, you can't blame the fans for wanting to have something from no. this. So, I get that, but I I think the big rub here is between AC and Wednesday. But I mean, I you know, who knows? It, I guess AC legally can do right. all this stuff if he if he jumped on that trademark, then, you know, more power to you, but it's interesting seeing these guys kind of talk smack to each other in the press about it. I think maybe it could have been different, possibly, if AC would have got the trademark and then went, before saying anything to anybody else, going immediately to Wednesday 13 and going, hey, I noticed that it slipped. It. I grabbed it up. Is there anything you want to do together? Is there anything we can do to honor yeah. this? I don't worry about nothing. I got the trademark on it. But instead, I mean, I guess you kind of know the outcome already, what it's going to be, so you just kind of do it, knowing that no matter what happens... Wednesday is going to be pissed because Joey Jordison's not here to be a part of it. And yeah, Wednesday 13 don't want to be a part of it. No, I mean, he's got his own thing going yeah, on for I mean, sure. And I mean, and without Joey Jordison is, is it really worth even doing? I don't, I don't, I don't know. I mean, he was pretty integral to that whole project. So I don't, I mean, are, are we really arguing about big bucks here? I don't, it, right. it's a pretty limited audience anyway. And that's why, Probably nobody was paying attention to that name. Me, myself, I love the Murder Dolls, and that's another band I wish we could have got one more album from before it all ended. But anything Murder Dolls going forward, if it's new music, it's not really Murder Dolls in any possible way. But to remember the band and honor the name, you know, as long as they're not disparaging it, which obviously they won't be, fans like it, have fun with it. But... Right. It does kind of suck for Wednesday 13, too. I definitely see his side of it. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, this is just a quick story. I want to give props to this guy because he's kind of a local here. Um, Brett Carlisle, who he's in a band out of Birmingham, Alabama, called All or Nothing, and he's friendly with a lot of people that are kind of in our circle. Yeah. Um, he uh, he got, uh, got the big call-up to the show and got to fill in uh, as singer for Great White recently at a few shows in Las Vegas. and Because uh, Andrew Freeman had uh, co- previous commitments with Last in Line. And uh, normally this wouldn't be much of a story, but uh, if you've watched the video of Brett singing for them, 
this is about as close to Jack Russell as they've ever gotten with any of the replacement singers. And honestly, I think he blew Andrew Freeman right off the stage. Yeah, I've seen the videos. I agree with you. I think this guy was great. I mean, you know, when you're getting other singers that are well-known for different projects before they come to you, we talk about this with the Dead Daisies. When John Karabi joins the Dead Daisies, guess what? Doesn't matter how good they are, they become the John Karabi band. So then when Glenn Hughes joins them, same thing. Doesn't matter how good they are, they automatically become the Glenn Hughes band because that's what you get with a powerful, well-known singer. All this time, these guys have been getting their Mitch Malloy's and their Terry Luces and guys like that. Guys are well-known for other things, Andrew Freeman. And so when you've got a strong singer join your band, they're never going to try to be like, okay, you want me to sound like Jack Russell? I'm going to change my style to sound like Jack Russell so that your band can be the best that it can be. No, these guys are already known for their own voices, so they're not going to change to try to fit what it should be. Now you got Brett Carlisle here. He's a young dude. He knows what to do. I'm going to go in here. I'm going to try to sell my best to be like Jack Russell, to give an authentic great white experience and doesn't have the ego to say, oh, well, I'm from this band, so I'm going to sing my way, and that's just the way it is, and your songs will adapt to me. This kid actually adapted to the songs, and you're right. Hey. This guy is the best singer they've had since Jack Russell. It's Jack. I'm just going to put it out there. Yeah, and I, I saw him at Bowie's last night. He was at uh, Christine's party, and and I just I, I was real quick with him. I just said, congrats on... Uh, you know, doing the shows with great white. And I said, uh, are you gonna, are you going to be the guy? And he's like, Oh, I can't say anything. And he's like, but you know, we might do one more show together. But then after that, I don't know. But I mean, he's the kid's 25. I mean, and he's got his own band, uh, yeah. all or nothing's doing pretty well for themselves. So I don't know that he even wants the gig, but I, there's been a lot of chatter online, uh, of people going, well, just let Andrew Freeman continue to do last in line and hire this kid. So yeah. I don't know who, who knows, uh, I'd still love to see Jack in the band, but I, I don't think that's ever going to happen. So, you know, maybe we'll we'll see if something happen with this kid. I'd like to check out his other band, too. Maybe coming up on a Fresh Blood or something, we can feature them. Yeah, they're, they've been building a good audience over the last couple of years. So it, it's cool to see them, uh, you know, making waves. But, no, I was just it was just cool to see him kind of get thrust into the spotlight to do these shows with Great White. So I, I'm very happy for him. It was, it, was, it was a good opportunity for him. Yeah, and happy for Great White, too, to finally find a singer that matches what you're doing and what you've been all these years. Yeah. I kind of like it. Next story, uh, Metallica's doing something really cool here. Um, you know, Johnny Z, John Zazula from uh, Megaforce passed away not too long ago. Yeah, not too long and, after losing his wife. Yeah, yeah, Marsha passed away not too long before, not, you know, pretty much before that. And um, Metallica's going to do a really cool thing. They're going to do a special show at the Hard Rock Live and Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Hollywood, Florida on Sunday, November 6th. And they're going to do a full show, uh, kind of in benefit uh, to remember them. It's a seven thousand seater, and uh, if you're a member of the Metallica fan club, you'll have early access. Well, that actually that's already happened. September twenty eighth is when tickets went on sale, but uh, a portion of the proceeds are going to be donated in Johnny and Marsha's name to Music Cares, which is a very important charity cool. in the music community. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> all within my hands, with Metallica's charity, will once again be supporting Feeding South Florida with a donation. That's awesome. They need it right now. 
And I think Raven's opening this show. Yeah, oh, yeah, Ra- I did see that. Be, That's be the opener. Freaking awesome, man! I love to see it when a a band that's super popular will give it back to a band who influenced them. Yeah, yeah, because Raven took Metallica out on their first big tour yeah. back in the uh, in the early '80s. So it, it's cool that you know it's nice that these guys remember where they came from and they're doing something to pay tribute to Johnny and Marsha, who helped you know very integral part of Metallica's early years. So. And then Raven, of course, taking them out on tour. So I'm I'm really happy for Raven and everybody involved. And it, it's cool that Metallica's doing. Although I heard ticket prices are insanely high for this thing. Oh, I'm sure. But you can feel good about yourself because it's going to a good cause. Yeah. And you're getting to see yeah. something awesome. I wonder if they're gonna do anything special, like play all early stuff. I hope so. I it, uh, Metallica's good about that. Where yeah. the you know certain special occasions they will mix set lists up and do that stuff. So I'm happy for that. I can't wait to see video from it because I certainly can't afford to go down to Florida to see it. Right. But uh, I'm sure it'll wind up on YouTube in no time. A um, couple more stories. Wasp have announced they're offering their first ever VIP meet and greet packages on the upcoming U.S. leg of the 40 Years Live World Tour. VIP meet and greet packages are available for all dates on the U.S. tour, including shows that are already sold out. Uh, this thing is like three hundred dollars. Wow. Uh, it's uh, in addition to meeting Blackie and getting a personal photo with him, fans will also be able to get a photo holding Blackie's original BC Rich Widow bass guitar nice. and get a photo standing, and get a photo standing next to Elvis Blackie's incredibly unique and one of a kind microphone stand. I want to climb up on top of it. <laughs> yeah, the damn thing weighs like four hundred. That's pounds. crazy. The microphone stands heavy too. <laughs> um, anyway, <coughs> There's a, hit the rim shot. Um, but now, interesting that he's doing this because and it, all the response I read is Blackie does not seem like a meet and greet kind of no, guy. No, no, I and, can't imagine that. And there's there's people predicting that he will cancel the meet and greets on this After tour the first when one. they start selling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like he doesn't like dealing with with like human three beings. strikes for stupid questions and this thing is over it's like something somebody yeah. talked him into like you really gotta you know capitalize on this that's where people bands you know well-known people are making money you know and you've never done nothing like this no your fans have never had an opportunity to really meet you like this you know you gotta do it oh fuck i don't want to you got to that's where the money's at three strikes three stupid questions it's over Ten minutes later, he's like, I'm done. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. And I did see an interview with Chris Holmes recently where... I was just going to bring that yeah, up. Yeah, <laughs> where he was talking about uh, Blackie. That'll be the first question from somebody. Hey, Blackie. Hey, Blackie. Did you hear that Chris Holmes said you should change the name of the song to Fuck Like a Priest? Yeah, I thought that was funny. I'm done. I'm out. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was pretty well played by Chris. <laughs> pretty funny. That guy. I'd like to meet Chris Holmes. He's funny, dude. Yeah, me too. All right, we got one more left today. Dave Mustaine is still hoping to write new music with James Hetfield, and the quote was, the world really does want us to do that. In a new interview with Vinyl Writer Music, Mustaine said that he has been secret, secretly hoping there'd be a day where he could write music again with James Hetfield. He says, I think wow. the, the world wants us to do it. I think there is a pretty good possibility of it happening down the line. I do think it's possible that one day James is going to come around and that he and I are going to be able to do something together again. I guess that's one of the things that's always kept me pushing forward. I think it'd be good for Megadeth, and it could be great for Metallica, too. I, uh, is Ron McGovern still around? Oh, Ron McGovney. 
Ron McGovney, yeah. Yeah, he's he still alive. Yeah. yeah, well, there you go. There you go. You get Lars, you get James, you get Ron, you get Dave. Put out a new album together. Call it something completely different. Yeah, we'll see. Metalla Death. We'll see what happens. Megatallica. I mean, Hetfield has kind of laughed off this idea in the past in interviews, so uh, I don't know. But, I mean, it would be cool to hear. I mean, I I love the new Megadeth album, and uh, I, I love yeah. I love Metallica's oh, yeah. Hardwired, so it would be interesting yeah. to hear if those two guys got in a room together and tried to hash it out and do a song. Um, I'd be game to hear it for sure. Big news in the Metallica and Megadeth Hard Thrash World today, Murder suicide in the studio. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah, they didn't even get through like the first verse, and then they they murdered each other. Yeah, yeah, but not you know, I'll take that as a uh, pie in the sky idea that will probably never take place, but we can dream. Yeah, I've just I've never even considered that as an idea because it just doesn't sound like something that would ever happen. I don't think. But yeah. in a world of never say never. It could. I mean, they're all still alive. It could happen. It would take. It, it would take those guys having a serious talk with each other. Because even in the some kind of monster documentary where you know Metallica's kind of trying to deal with all their past demons and stuff, you know, the person that met with Dave Mustaine was Lars. You know, it wasn't James. So like James wouldn't even meet him at that time. So who knows if they would actually get together and talk? Scared he's going to start karate in him again right away. All right. <laughs> Remember this move? Quacha! Yeah. But, yeah, who knows? Maybe it will happen. That would, you'd talk about a, it, that would be an album that would sell if those two got together and yeah. did some stuff together. That would be something. But that's that all I got for, uh, for new noise this week. A little something to fantasize on until the next time. All right, there you have it. That's new noise. Like we said, we're looking for a new name. Help us find one. A good name for a rockin' news show that isn't so confusing. <laughs> Thanks, yeah. We might, we might just use it if you give us a good one. Um, yeah, so I guess that's it. And we will see you, what, episode 500? That's right. Holy shit. We have a lot to look back on. See you then. See ya. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.